It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every yes, day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And of course, if you are watching on YouTube, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and click that subscribe button. And if you are on um, a podcast, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It would mean a ton. All right, so fun show today. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Daryl Daprich. He is uh, one of the hosts of the Max Roundtable up in Montgomery. But also, he is a, a big part of the Hornet Sports Network, very involved with uh, some of the TV stuff that Alabama State does as well as the radio side of things. So I figured he covers Auburn, Alabama during the week. He covers, uh, you know, all Alabama State athletics, um, you know, as part of that network. I I think he's a perfect guest to get. So uh, the middle segment of today's show will be us chatting with him, and I look forward to to doing that. Before we get to that point, um, I I just kind of want to put a few things out there in regards to expectations for things happening uh, this Saturday, 11 o'clock kick. And so we've seen Auburn, you know, kind of, uh, not just Auburn, I mean, teams in general. I mean, it's tough to get up and get going and and play a game at 11 o'clock. Going to be curious to see what the crowd looks like with the 11 o'clock kick with Alabama State. That's something to look at. Is Bo Nix going to continue to look as impressive as he did um Last week, I think that's a big question you have to consider, something that you have to think about. And, you know, just how does Auburn deal with, okay, you are now in the season. You know, you're now in the thick of it. And what did they look at from this past Saturday to take that step forward? So the first guy I'm looking at is Bo Nick. Can he keep that going? The next guy is Shedrick Jackson. Can he continue to kind of be... Bo Nix's main target on the outside. Or are we going to see Demetrius Robertson kind of over the course of the season as he gets more and more acclimated with, you know, the game speed of things and, and Auburn's playbook and all of that? Are we going to see him slowly take over? Or is Johnson and the, you know, the 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 Knicks to Johnson connection, is it, you know, as lethal as it possibly could be? Does that grow over time? And then, of course, I mean, there, there's so many similar talking points going into this Auburn-Alabama State game um, that were similar to, to last week, right? I mean, a team that Auburn should have uh, no trouble putting points up on the board against. And then also just the fact of like, okay, what does the snap count look like against Alabama State? Is it similar to Akron? Well, the starters, assuming they're able to score at will, which I think they will be against Alabama State, um, Will the starters play a half, and then will they play the first drive of the second half, and then they start kind of pull guys? Or maybe since, you know, Harson saw enough of that, do they kind of, you know, put other guys in, give other guys more of a chance to play early on? Personally, I would like to see more Jarquez Hunter. He's a guy that I would like to see more of this week that we didn't get to see a whole lot of last week. I mean, the amount of Jarquez Hunter snaps that we saw, it just left me wanting more and more and more. Uh, it's like the first two that you saw and really that first run that he had. I mean, there was a lot to like about as he slowly worked his way to the outside. But it's like, man, that guy does a lot of things that you really, really like. And I'm like, I want to see more of that. And we just didn't see a whole lot of it. So I would love to see more of that. Does the alignment of the offensive line stay the same? 
in the official depth chart in the media guide that they released throughout the week, they still have oars at both of the guard positions. But last week, it looked like it was pretty solid, um, you know, who was going to be there. Brandon Council at left guard, Keandre Jones at right guard. To my knowledge, there wasn't a whole lot of switching between, you know, the quote-unquote starters, uh, despite them be, there being an oar um, next to their name. So is that something that changes? I don't expect it to. I think the offensive line was one of the, the brighter spots of what we saw this past Saturday. But still, something to look at. Other things to look at is um, the return, or I guess we're going to see more of Ladarius Tennyson. We did not see him last week. And then Jalen Simpson missed time as he had to step away a little bit with a um, uh, an injury. And uh, reports coming out specifically, uh, I'm looking at this Auburn... Um, undercover story by Mark Murphy, a report saying Harson is expecting defensive backs Tennyson and Simpson to play this week. So that's something that I think Auburn fans can look at and be excited about. And C-Dub talked about it yesterday on the War, uh, War Report Wednesday as C-Dub and Mike G of the War Report joined us. But he brought up, you know, tackling in space, tackling in the open field. I think Alabama State's going to give Auburn more opportunities to get game reps with tackling in space just by nature of their offense. And they are a little bit better than the Akron Zips, um, especially offensively. And Alabama State's got a pretty good running back too. So, I, you know, that's not a guy that you're just going to be able to arm tackle. No disrespect to Akron, but Alabama State is a little bit better. Still, the, the, the jump from Alabama State to Penn State is tremendous. I mean, it's not even comparable. So, I'm just trying to look and see, like, what kind of information can we get from this Saturday uh, to where we can take that into the following week. Because, man, next week is going to be fun. Next week is going to be a blast, and, and I can't wait for it. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. But coming up in just a moment, a conversation with Daryl Daprich. And then I want to talk about some guys that could step up um, with Alan Flanagan missing some time uh, for Auburn basketball moving forward. But first things first, today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. If you were in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area, you hop on I-85, head into Georgia. It's that first exit. It's on the right. You'll see Frisky Whiskey billboards all over the place. And when you step in there, you will see all kinds of selection, 10,000 square feet of selection. So, look, there's going to be a lot of tailgating this weekend. Frisky Whiskey is the place to get all of your essentials, whether it's beer or wine, any kind of spiracy you can imagine, whiskey, vodka, tequila, Frisky Whiskey has it all at a ridiculously low price point. It's ridiculous. Some of that has to do with Georgia's tax laws compared to Alabama's tax laws. And then some of it, because uh, they've just been in business for so long and they've got all the relationships with, um, with all the folks that you want. So uh, be sure to check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. With all the different makes and models out there now, it's impossible for these you know, traditional chain storefronts to hold all the parts that you may need for your car, truck, or SUV. Look, we just recently bought uh, a pretty old kind of beat-up car just to kind of have um, you know, as a backup vehicle for our family. And there's a few things. I am not a handy person, but I've been doing some research on other YouTube videos and reading about you know, how to repair these things. I'm going to get my parts from rockauto.com. I just got to make sure I can, uh, you know, I get the right thing. So I'm going to rockauto.com uh, probably sometime next week to, uh, to seal the deal and order some of that stuff. And I'm going to do that. And when I do that at rockauto.com, in the how did you hear about us box, 
you do this like me, uh, type in Locked On Auburn in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. All right, joining us now on Locked On Auburn, Daryl Daprich. My friend, he is a uh, he is a host uh, at the Max Roundtable up in Montgomery, as well as uh, a very big member of the Hornet Sports Network. Daryl, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be on with you. Roles reversed. A yeah, little bit. <laughs> yeah. Normally, I, I hop on with uh, with you and uh, and Doug on Wednesdays, but I appreciate you hanging out with me here on Locked On Auburn. Um, on this kind of crossover Thursday that we're doing. So really, really appreciate it. First off, I know you're an Auburn guy as well as an Alabama State guy. Kind of give me your thoughts on what you saw from Auburn this past week. I was very impressed with them. I was too. Um, You know, I was looking more along the lines of just focusing on Auburn, execution, not really worried too much about the opponent. And then I went back, and I didn't want to get caught up in kind of the, the hoopla and the hype of how, how efficient and how good they looked because, to me, they looked really, really good. Right. So I went back two years ago and watched some highlights when Auburn played Tulane and Kent State when Bo Nix was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to make a comparison. And even in those games, Bo Nix didn't look as sharp. He overthrew some receivers. There was a definite lack of a route tree. Auburn's receivers were not getting separation like they were last Saturday. Sure. Of course, they didn't have Tank's big Tank Bigsby two years ago either, and I think that's the key is that you know they're they've got such a potent running game that I think we're going to see Knicks be more efficient and going to see more receivers running free in the secondary. Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree with everything you said there. Absolutely. So tell us about this Alabama State team. What do we need to know going into this matchup? Well, they're a team, you know, Zach, that really benefited from playing a spring season last year. As you know, some of the FCS schools the Big Sky Conference, the SWAC, some others. They didn't play in the fall of 2020, but they came back and they played a limited spring season. Yeah. And Alabama State got a chance to play six games last year. They actually uh, played for the Western Division title, and they lost their rivalry game against Alabama A&M, which is the Magic City Classic. Sure. But they were that close to going to the SWAC championship game. But they benefited – immensely from being able to get a spring season in. They, they broke in a freshman quarterback, uh, Ryan Nettles from Evergreen, who mm-hmm. played really well last year. He's the SWAC newcomer of the year. And they have a very young offensive line. They start four freshmen and a sophomore. So these guys got experience last year in the spring that they normally wouldn't have had. They'd have been jumping into the fire in the fall right now. So the spring season really helped them being able to play six games. Sure. Have you heard, you know, just talking with folks and kind of following this team closely, Daryl, any kind of fatigue of, okay, you had a, not a full season, but a pretty, you know, substantial uh, chain of games there, you know, six games, like you said, in the spring, and then you just have, you know, a very short offseason before you get going in the the fall. Has there been any talk about that? There has been, and that was a big concern. That's a great point. I mean, because you know how it is. Fall to fall, sometimes fatigue sets in. Sure. They had no spring camp virtually. I mean, they went right from the spring playing a season to a fall camp. They did play a lot of kids in the spring. I noticed they really went three deep, even in games that were fairly close. And I think they did that by design because they knew, you know, they had an 11-12 game schedule coming up this year. So they, you know, last Saturday night uh, against Miles College, who was a very scrappy opponent, they they actually played a lot of players. They they 
they you could tell they used their two deep, but that's a, that was a big concern. Yeah. Um, but so far, so good. They haven't seen anything from a fatigue standpoint. Sure, sure. As far as uh, the transfer portal at that level of college football, Daryl, I mean, are you seeing guys kind of move up to, to maybe some more um, bigger name programs and then maybe some guys that are that are transferring to Alabama State from uh, from other programs? Did, did you see that over the offseason? I did. In fact, one of Alabama State's starting cornerbacks, Jaquez Payton, was a transfer from Jacksonville State, and he played really, really well Saturday night. In fact, they have an all-swack safety named Urshad Davis, who's really a good player, but Payton kind of stole the show. I mean, he had a pick six that got called back um, because of being offsides. He he was in on a new number of plays with breakups, so he was probably the most impressive secondary player on the field for Alabama State. And then their kicker, uh, Cosmin Diancu, he actually was a transfer from Troy. He was there last year. He almost made a 54-yarder to win it uh, in regulation. He didn't. It was very – he had the distance. He just missed it left. So there hasn't been a lot of – there's a couple of guys from UAB that have have made the two deep uh, right now. But I would just say – so far, Peyton has been the one that stood out to me as far as immediate help in the transfer portal. Sure. You mentioned a young offensive line, Daryl, that started uh, over the spring. How did they look uh, in regards to, you know, what what you would have expected this past Saturday? They looked pretty good in the first half. They opened up a lot of running lanes for the all-swack uh, running back Ezra Gray. But as the game wore on, they looked, to see, they looked like they wore down a little bit. There wasn't as many holes there. Both running backs that Alabama State used had a hard time finding running lanes. Sure. And I think it was more of a case of Miles College, who wasn't that big, but was very quick. You know, they were they were shooting gaps, they were stunning, that kind of thing. So from a running standpoint, Alabama State was not happy at all with the way they ran the football in the second half. Do you think that will be how they choose to attack this Auburn defense, or do you think they'll have to do it through the air? I think they're going to have to do it through the air. Uh, their quarterback, you know, Ryan Nettles, he had a, had a pretty good game, in this, especially in the second half. But I think they're going to have to throw the ball, and they're going to have to get him out of the pocket. He got sacked three or four times Saturday. We saw what Auburn's defensive line, defensive front, did to Akron's quarterback. So Nettles is going to have to be really effective for them, and they're going to have to get him out of the pocket, out of containment, move around a little bit, or he'll be a sitting duck. Is he a pretty mobile quarterback, Daryl? He is. Now, he stays in the pocket. They don't do a lot of design rollouts for him. He stays in the pocket. He's more of a pocket passer, but when he senses pressure, he gets out pretty quick, and he's able to get some yards downfield with his feet, but it's not by design. It's more by necessity for him. As far as uh, pass catchers, who does Auburn need to shut down, make sure um, that they kind of put a blanket around a certain receiver or a tight end? Is there a is there a first read that he's going to go to early and often? He goes to Jeremiah Hickson, number one, a lot. He's his favorite target. Yeah. He's the receiver he goes to, and he needs a big first down. And he runs a lot of slant patterns. He got free for about four or five slant patterns. It was real effective with yards after the catch. In fact, the, the, the game-tying drive in overtime was a big third down. He ran a slant, picked up 15 yards, and he just goes to him a lot. He's got They've got a tight end who I think is really special. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's 6'4", 231. Okay. His name is Terrence Ellis. 
Zach, he was open three or four times Saturday. One time in overtime that would have tied the game, Nettles just overshot him. He was wide open. Now, he was a matchup problem for Miles linebackers. Mm -hmm. I, I don't suspect he'll be a matchup problem for Auburn's linebackers. But he's sure. got the body of a tight end and runs like a receiver. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that's going to be something interesting to keep an eye on. I mean, and Auburn has more athletic linebackers for sure, but I would like to see a guy like Owen Papo or Zacoby McLean kind of be asked to cover a more athletic pass catcher like that going into Penn State. I think that would make a lot of sense. Well, they're going to get an opportunity. If, if uh, Derek Mason decides that they want to see that look, uh, Ellis is the guy to try it out, the litmus test, because, mm -hmm. again, he was open a lot. He goes downfield. He's that kind of tight end that you'll see run seam patterns. Right. Uh, they have another tight end that runs a lot of patterns in the flat. Not Ellis. Ellis uses his speed to kind of go up the seam, up the hash marks. And so if Auburn wants to use Papo or McLean to do that, uh, this would be the opportunity to kind of get some work in along those lines. How do you think Auburn's going to handle, uh, you know, I guess the, the snap count? of a lot of these players, Daryl. I mean, you cover this team. Uh, do you think it's going to be similar to how they use guys against Akron, or do you think it's going to be a little bit more uh, cautious, a little more conservative against Alabama State just because Penn State's a week away? I think the one thing I'll notice is anybody, I would think that anybody that got banged up in week one, a guy like Javarius Johnson or, you know, Colby Wooten, someone like that, I, I would imagine that they probably just for precautionary might get held out. Yeah. You might see a guy like Tennyson and Tavares Dawson that didn't get a chance to play get reps. Um, Alabama's linebackers and second—I mean, Alabama State's linebackers sure. and secondary—in my opinion, having seen Akron and cover ASU, their secondary linebackers are better than Akron's. Okay. Uh, their defense might be better than Akron's. I mean, their defensive line has two guys that are big, 161, 363. He's a senior. He's an all-swag guy. Christian Clark uh, has been playing forever on that defensive line. Alabama's defense is going to be, in my opinion, a little saltier than Akron's. So as far as playing the amount of players, I still think Auburn will, will go 3-4 deep in, in the ballgame. But I think that Alabama State's defense is a little bit better. We'll, we'll, we'll offer up, I think, more resistance than Akron did. Sure. I agree with you. I mean, Looking at, I mean, Akron was a really bad football team, and a lot of folks will be, you know, very quick to tell you when an Auburn fan is celebrating how good Auburn looked on Saturday, they're like, well, it's Akron. It's like, well, yeah, we, we, we know that. And, and they're going to do the same thing with Alabama State, but I, I agree with that. I think Alabama State's a much better football team. Their defensive line is where it starts, and they're good. I mean, they got another kid named Andrew Ogletree, okay. who was all swack. They got good, good active linebackers with good size, 6'4, 245. 6'1", 230, two guys that made a lot of tackles. So I think from that standpoint, they'll, they'll see a little bit more resistance. Uh, secondary's good. It's just going to be about depth. I mean, I think, you know, and, and listen, from an offensive line standpoint, I think Auburn's offensive line will have a little bit more of a test than they did against Akron with the defensive line of Alabama State, which will be a good thing for Auburn getting ready to go to Penn State. Sure. Daryl, you do a lot of great stuff. You, Doug, and Charlie put together a great show from Montgomery every uh, every single day. How can folks tune into all the stuff that you're doing? Well, you can uh, hear us uh, from 11 to 2, Monday through Fridays on ESPN, the ticket, 107.5. 
the website's ESPNTheTicket.com. You can check there. Just click live. And, and, that, and then obviously on our website, if you miss a show, we do have a podcast-type format where you can go back and listen to all three hours. Daryl, thank you so much for your time, and really, really appreciate it. Appreciate you, Zach. Have a good day, man. Today's show brought to you by Sweatblock. Sweatblock, really cool product. Doctor created, doctor recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. And if sweating is something that you deal with, or especially this time of year, I think a lot of us deal with it, it's a wipe that you apply to your underarms once uh, once a week. It lasts for seven days, and you don't have to worry about sweating in all those meetings or if you just <laughs> go outside to go into your car and uh, go because you got to go uh, call on a client or something like that. Uh, I mean, this time of year, if you're in the South, and a lot of you guys listening are in the South, you don't have to be outside for very long to start sweating. So sweat block is sensitive to that. They get that. And uh, you can go get some sweat block products today. Sweatblock.com. Use promo code locked on to get 20% off. That is at sweatblock.com. Also, today's show brought to you by betonline.ag, the best place to place all of your sports bets. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag when you make that first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So I want to continue the conversation that uh, we had on the War Report Wednesday a little bit uh, yesterday, but I just kind of want to talk about some of the guys that we could look at for the Auburn Tigers over the next um, over the next few weeks in regards to who can step up and kind of fill that void in regards to um, Alan Flanagan missing uh, like around 12 weeks or so is what it looks like. What is that going to look like as far as who could possibly step up and fill that void? So Devin Cambridge is a guy that comes to mind. I think he's got a lot of ability. And, I mean, there was just a lot of traffic and a lot of bodies that were in that two-slash-three position. And I think Devin Cambridge could be a guy that really benefits from more minutes. I think, one, he needs it from an experience standpoint. And, two, I I think just seeing him on the court more with other guys could be really beneficial. So, Devin Cambridge is a guy. Chris Moore is a dude that has been really brought up a lot in these conversations about who's going to get more minutes without Flanagan out. So Chris Moore, um, I mean, I'm reading this from Lance's post on AuburnWire.com, but uh, it sounds like he's had a terrific offseason, according to the coaching staff. Sounds like he's slimmed down a bit, and he's getting more of an outside shot. So we saw Chris Moore really, uh, you know, I think we saw what he could possibly be, his upside in that Missouri game last year. And then, like, that's really all that we saw from him. So, can we get that on a more consistent basis? He's got the size. He's got the ability, the athletic ability. Can he put it all together? Maybe he could. Maybe he could. So, Chris Moore could be a big winner here as far as getting more playing time. Zepp Jasper, friend of the program. We're going to be a little biased towards Zepp Jasper. But, you know, as far as guard depth, he talked about being a combo guard when he appeared on this show just a few weeks ago. And I think he could see... Maybe more time at shooting guard. He talked about being a point guard and a shooting guard, but maybe he could spend more time at the two guard with Alan Flanagan being out. I think Zeb Jasper is definitely a guy to watch. And then the last guy, Jalen Williams. I think you can make the argument that Jalen Williams could probably play three out of the five spots, but the four and the five positions are really locked up now 
with uh, Kessler and Jabari. So it's like, okay, where does Jalen fit into all of this? Jalen Williams, um, some people see him as a potential NBA guy. Justin Ferguson is very high on Jalen Williams as a player, as well as uh, you know several other folks on the Auburn beat. So could Jalen Williams slide into that three spot? That's something to be excited about. It's something to think about. And it just really kind of shows how deep this Auburn basketball team is. So, still, uh, Alan Flanagan should be able to come back by the time conference play starts. The big question is, you know, when you deal with an Achilles, it takes a long time. Like, he may be cleared to play, but is he going to be the same player? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But thoughts and prayers to Alan Flanagan. Uh, I know he's hurting emotionally right now because, you know, he was so looking forward to the season. He was finally getting, you know, put on some NBA mock drafts and, was really getting the attention of the NBA. So hopefully he figures it all out. Hopefully he pulls it all together. But man, that's um that's a tough one. That's a tough one for sure. Guys, thank you so much for watching or listening. However, you're consuming this podcast. It means a ton. It means an absolute ton. The numbers over the past month have been incredible. And obviously with the season starting, uh, they just continue to go up. So thank you so much for your support. It means the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. You can read all of my written work at auburnwire.com. The show is on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And once again, you can check out every episode on YouTube. We will see you tomorrow for a third Friday. Reach out if you have any questions for Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. 